Amen. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. My name is Ron Cool. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside. Welcome to all of you. Welcome to those of you watching online. Uh, if you're here with us and you're, you're a guest uh, and you're looking at the community wondering if you're welcome, we want to say absolutely. If you belong to Jesus Christ, we want to invite you to join us as we come to the table at the close of the service. For the last couple of months, we've been looking at encounters with Jesus. We've been talking about times in the Gospels, the stories of Jesus, where, where people met Jesus, where people encountered Jesus. And, and we've seen that sometimes Jesus challenges people, sometimes Jesus encourages people, sometimes Jesus comforts people, sometimes Jesus just, just wraps his arms around people and he loves them. And, and we're going to this morning look at another encounter with Jesus. And this one takes place actually with two followers of Jesus on Easter Sunday afternoon, okay? Uh, on Resurrection Day, on, in that afternoon, uh, there are two followers of Jesus who are on their way to Emmaus. The story is told in Luke 24, 13 to 35. And, and one of the things we just kind of need to remind ourselves, at least I do, is, is that, again, that Easter Day for them, for us, it's from the beginning a day of celebration. But for them, it was a day of confusion and uncertainty and, and fear and, and so much of that. And so these two followers are, are just kind of struggling and they decide, you know what, it's time to take a break. Let me kind of look at the story with you. Here's a, a map to give you an idea of where things are. Again, at the bottom we have Ju- Jerusalem there next to the, the Dead Sea there. And then uh, Emmaus is going to be about seven miles away, okay? So it's going to be about that far. It would take about three hours to walk that distance given the hill, somewhere around that. And so uh, that's where these people are going. The, the two people, we know one name, it's Cleopas. Cleopas, and we'll just call him his friend. We know that they're actually fairly close to Jesus. They've been following Jesus for some time. Uh, they're going to say that they, they, they know, they knew that Jesus was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. They, they knew that there was something powerful about Jesus. And like I said, they were close enough that uh, we're going to find out on that Easter Sunday morning. They were hanging around with the, the disciples, with the 11 now, uh, and, 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 and they're with them there when the women come back from the tomb. So they knew that Jesus was a prophet, and, and they had hoped that Jesus was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And I think it's worth recognizing that they, they had hoped. They, they, they had thought that was going to be the case, but they didn't anymore. Uh, just to try to get into their heads and hearts a little bit, the last week had been an unbelievable roller coaster for them. It had been an emotional roller coaster for them. If you, you think about it, uh, on what we call that Palm Sunday, uh, the amazing up of Jesus riding into Jerusalem and, and, and the crowds cheering him on, shouting, Hosanna, save us. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. You are the Messiah. You're the Christ. You're the King. And they're waving palm branches and everybody is going crazy. And, and for those who had been following Jesus, this had to be, yes, this is our moment. It's Passover. It's Independence Day. It's celebration. And Jesus is going to... And so they're just at the top. They are just so excited. And then the, the shocking... And sudden drop of just days later, Jesus being arrested and put on trial and crucified, died and buried. Jesus all of a sudden is gone. And to imagine that that drop, and then and then on Easter Sunday morning, the twists and turns, the confusion of of an empty tomb, of of the women coming back and saying to them and to the disciples, "We were there, and there is an angel, and that that angel said that he's risen." And saying, "Well, hold on, what are you what are you thinking about?" And, and and some of the men, some of the disciples had gone to the tomb, and they they came back and they said, "It's." 
it's empty, but, but we didn't see Jesus. And, and so we don't know what's really going on. And, and so Cleopas and his friends are, are there, a friend. They're, they're, they're not necessarily, again, the inner circle, part of the 11, but they've been with Jesus. They know Jesus. They, and, and, and they had to be just thinking at this point, what now? What do we do? Uh, it's been just an unbelievable time. And now it's that Sunday afternoon. And, and they decide it's time to take a break. It's time to take a break. They're going to go back to Emmaus. Many of us have been there, not literally Emmaus. But we've been in that place where we just feel like, I, don't, I just need to clear my head. I just need to figure things out. We've had times where we've, we've had those ups, where things are going pretty well. Maybe you've had times when things are going great, and you've been at that place where you just say, I know that Jesus is with me. I know that he's my Savior. I know everything is good. And then all of a sudden, the bottom drops out, right? All of a sudden, the bottom drops out. Maybe a diagnosis, maybe a death of a loved one, maybe just an emotional, spiritual drought. But, but something happens, and we just feel that crash, and, and, and the confusion of not being sure what to do about it, the twists and the turns that, that come along with that, and we find ourselves not sure what to do. And, 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 and I think if we're honest, if we're honest, at, at those times we can also find ourselves not exactly sure what we believe. It's not that we necessarily don't believe, but we just, the, the world doesn't fit together in the same way anymore. And, and, and we're confused, and we're not sure what we believe in. Sometimes, actually, we're not even sure whether we believe at all. That's, I think, where Cleopas and his friend were. They had been so confident, so sure, and now they were just needed to clear their heads. They needed to figure some things out, and so they were going to take a break. And I love what Jesus does for them. And I love for us to know that Jesus does this for us when we're kind of just unsure about him, when we're wondering, when we're wandering, when we feel like we've crashed or, or, or we're just twisted and turned and we're unsure what's going on. The good news for us this morning is that Jesus doesn't give up on us, okay? Jesus does not give up on us, even when we're not sure about him. Even when we're kind of just saying, I don't know what I believe anymore. I, I, I know I've talked with some of you in those situations you're in that valley, and, and in a moment of honesty, you sort of confess and say, I, honestly, right now, I don't know what I believe. Honestly, I don't. And it's a, a sense of guilt. There's a sense of fear. And, and just some confusion. At that point, I think we kind of feel like God has every right to look at us and say, I'm done with you. After all I've done for you, after all I've shown you, after all the times I've been there, you're, you're still wondering, you're still struggling. And I can imagine that it, it's kind of like, all right, we're going to walk away. And, and I guess if Jesus is still alive, we're probably done because we're not sticking around. We're not sure. And I love it. Jesus doesn't leave us in that place. He doesn't give up on us. He doesn't, he doesn't just do that. He doesn't let us go, but he comes after us. And, and in this story, he comes after us, and he does three things. He does three things for, for Cleopas and his friends, as a friend as they're on the way to Emmaus. And with each one of these, he still does these things today. The first thing he does is he 
and this is going to sound a little odd, but he just shows up. And he's just, he's just there with them. Look, look at this story, all right? Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Like I said, three hours of walking or so. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. And, and then such an interesting line. They were kept from recognizing him. They were kept from recognizing him. Here, I mean, this is the one that they had worshipped. This is the one that they had hoped was the, the one to redeem Israel. And now he's right next to him, but they don't recognize him. They, we don't know exactly why. Maybe just their discouragement was enough. They couldn't tell it was him. Maybe this, their expectations were different. That if, if Jesus was alive, he was going to come back and be big and strong and clear and powerful and the warrior. And maybe just his new body was different. We don't know what it was, but for some reason they didn't rest, uh, re- uh, recognize him. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, and, and, and again, just, there's, I think, a little bit of humor here, at least in this. This is Jesus they're talking to, and it's, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Have you been living under a rock? I, I mean, right, there's just... Uh, Jesus wants to, I created that rock slap slap, right? I mean, there's a little bit of a, they're talking to Jesus, and they say, don't you know what's happening? And he's like, no, you don't know what's happening. He doesn't do that. What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. It's been a while, a couple of three days now. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but, but didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found just as, it was just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. So we can imagine this, all right? Imagine this. These two guys are walking on Cleopas. Jesus is walking with them. He says, what things? And they're telling him all of this, and Jesus is listening. And, and, and that's really amazing, right? Notice, <clears throat> I mean, this is Jesus. He's, he's kind of a big deal. This is resurrection day, kind of a big day. A big day for him, right? I, I, he had a, a number of things he had to do that day had a number of places he needed to be, a number of places he needed to show up. And yet he takes the time to just say, tell me what's going on. Tell me, I mean, I, I, to me, I find that just, just shocking, that, that he would take the time just to listen to them. I, <clears throat> if it had been me, I would have been like, I know all that, okay? I got it all. Let me tell you really what happened. I would have gotten right into that part. But I think it's essential, it's important for us to understand that Jesus has time. We so often are so pushed. We are so busy. And we, but Jesus takes the time and, and he shows up. And he's just initially just staying with them. And, and, and he does that today. 
if we have eyes to see. He comes and he just shows up with us, not always in some big way, some amazing way, some shocking way, not necessarily even to tell us something, but just to be with us. This is the God who created all things. This is the one who died for us, who sometimes just wants to walk with us. Think of Adam and Eve right in the garden, and the Lord walked with them. And he just spent time with them. And here Jesus is on resurrection day, just listening just listening. If you were as porn as I would, he'd have to be like me and not listen to any of you. But no, right? I mean, he is God. It's resurrection day. He's Jesus. And he just says, so what's going on? He listens and he cares, even if we don't know he's there. And I wonder how often, how often I've just missed Jesus. Sometimes he's in you coming to me. And he's just there for me. Sometimes it's just his presence. It, I know it's always it's there in a special way. And I think so often I'm like those disciples walking with the one I want to be with, and, and I don't even realize it. He shows up. That's the first thing. The second thing he does is he, he speaks up, okay? He, he, he does now start to talk. He does now start to share with them, but he shares from his word, from Scripture, from the Bible. He said to them, how foolish you are. And I don't think it was angry. I think it was, oh, kids these days. How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And then this amazing thing, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. He, he, he started in Genesis, and he went... Again, for them, the scriptures, there would be what we call the Old Testament, all right? They, obviously, they haven't had the New Testament yet. It's happening. So he started in Genesis, and he went Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua. And, Je- and, and it sounds like he just kind of said, look, do you see the themes? Do you see how this talks about the Messiah? Do you see how this talks about me? And, and, and I... I think he's teaching us something about how we read the scriptures there because ultimately the Bible is about Jesus. I, I think there's a danger that I want to touch on real quickly here, kind of in passing, but some of us were, were sort of trained to read the Bible because, oh, it's telling me what I have to do. The Bible is primarily about what, what I need to do and, and what I'm supposed to do and where I'm wrong. and where You know what? You're not the main event in the Bible. <laughs> Jesus is. The Bible is all about Jesus and and about what God has done and about what God is doing and and about his amazing grace and love and and about how we don't deserve it, but about how it's still there. And and, and so as we read the Bible, as we open up God's word, we, we ask ourselves, what is this passage teaching me about God and about what God is doing? Don't look first for what is it telling me I'm supposed to do. Look first for... How does God love me here? What is God calling me to do? What is God doing in this? What is God doing on this? So beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Jesus speaks up in his word, and he does that today. He still speaks through scripture today for us, both the Old and the New Testament. And, 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 And he just comes to us. And I want to encourage you to read the Bible, not just to gain information but to see what God is doing, to experience his comfort 
encourage us. Even when we're struggling, but he, he still speaks to us. Listen to him say, I love you, time and time again throughout Scripture. Jesus shows up and just listens to them. Jesus speaks up in his word, and then Jesus, he serves up. At this point, they don't yet know who he is, and he serves up what he serves up is himself. And this is such an awesome part of the story. As they approached the village to which they were going, Emmaus, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. It's getting dark. You don't want to be on the road after this time. Just stay with us. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And then imagine the scene. The three of them are at the table. I imagine Jesus sitting, the other two on his side, when he was at the table with them. And and this next moment, when he was at the table with them, he took bread and he gave thanks. He blessed God for it. And then he broke it before giving it to them. And in that moment... In that moment when Jesus is there and he breaks the bread and he hands it to them, this is when they're going to see. This is when their eyes are going to be open. Why is that? What, what happens in that? If you imagine that, if you picture Jesus standing there, I, I think we have to recognize two things. They, they see his hands. And what they really see is his scars. When he held the bread out to them, they saw the scars. They saw the brokenness. They saw that this was somebody... Well, had been crucified. Those were the scars of somebody who had been hung on a tree to die. This is the scar. They saw the scars. And they also remembered. Like I said, they were close enough to the disciples. They were with them that Sunday morning. I got to believe they spent time on that Saturday, that Sabbath day, saying what happened on Thursday night. What? And they remembered. They remembered what, what Jesus had done and what the disciples had said about Jesus breaking the bread. How, how on that Passover meal, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And now it's a few days later, and Jesus is taking bread, and he's breaking it, and he's giving it to them, saying, this is for you. This is for you. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. This showed them who he was. They knew Jesus from his scars. They knew Jesus in the breaking of his bread, of the bread. And I want to suggest that, that this is really important for us when we're struggling to let Jesus come to us and show us his scars. Think about that with me. Jesus show, serves up him, himself. He, he shows us his brokenness. And I want to say that we see the real Jesus in his scars. And, and I think about that because, I, I mean, it's always tempting for us to remake Jesus. And one of the ways we can remake Jesus is we make him into somebody who's very successful and who's powerful, and yet he's going to come back and he is powerful and all that. But we kind of say, okay, this is now Jesus. He's, he's got the whole storehouse. He's got it all together. And, and that's, I'll tell you what, we don't, need, we don't need a model of success. When we're struggling, when we're broken, we don't need a model of success. The fact is we can't follow it anyway. We can't follow a model of success. It doesn't, so what? You can show me what it looks like. I can't do that because I'm a broken mess. I can't do that because I keep falling apart. I keep blowing it. I keep sinning. And, and if all we have is a Jesus who is successful, who's calling us to be successful, we don't have a Jesus who can save us. We don't need a, just a, a great teacher. 
uh, say, oh, Jesus is just going to teach us this. And, and, and if we get it straight in our heads, then we, no, we, we need to learn, yes. But again, it's not that if I was a little smarter, I'd get it all right. We don't need a teacher. What we need is a Savior. We need a Savior who dies for our sins. We need a Savior who's been broken and, and brings us healing. That's why I think it's so important. That, and I say the real Jesus. Even the risen Jesus. I mean, the Bible makes it clear. When it talks about the risen Jesus, time and time again, it reminds us that this is the broken one. It's the crucified and risen Jesus who saves us. It's the crucified and risen Jesus who brings us new life. It's the crucified and Jesus risen who finds us, risen Jesus who finds us when we're in that broken, twisted, confused place. That's what we connect to. I once heard a pastor say, and it works on a human level, I think it works with our relationship with God as well. Think about doing this. If we did an exercise here where we started over here and everybody stood up and shared their greatest success. Imagine everybody standing up and sharing their greatest success and then sitting down. By the end, we would not like each other. Right? We would be very divided. Now imagine everybody starts one by one and sharing their biggest failure. If we... All of a sudden, we become united because at the end of the day, we're broken people, and we connect with other broken people, and we need a broken Savior who is also risen again, who is healed, who can help make us new, and, and, and that's why we need to keep coming back again to saying it's the risen Jesus is also the crucified Jesus, and so often what we need to see is scars, is his scars. Again, I, I, I don't connect to that Jesus who some preachers talk about who seems like he's healthy, wealthy, and wise. <laughs> I know he's healthy and he's... Oh, but I connect with the Jesus who came to, to take my place, to be with me, to know my loneliness, to know my struggles. And when I see that Jesus, then my eyes are opened. When I see that Jesus, my eyes are open. We see the real Jesus in his scars in, in those places there, but we also see the real Jesus in the breaking of the bread, in, in communion. I love that Steve mentioned that it, it's the mystery of the faith, that somehow in this little bread and cup, normal stuff, yet somehow we meet Jesus. His body was given for our forgiveness. His body was given for our healing. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. He's gone. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when he talked, while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. I'm guessing the return trip was under two hours. All right. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together. And, and it's interesting because they're going to say, we saw Jesus, he's alive. And they get there and the eleven are going, we saw Jesus, he's alive, right? It is true, the Lord has risen, has appeared to Simon. Then the two, Cleopas and his friend, told them what had happened on, on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. And they learned what, again... We need to know that even when we give up on God, he doesn't give up on us. Even when we're not sure about God, even when we're struggling, even when we're out there just kind of wandering and saying, I need a break, I need to clear my head, God doesn't say, be done with you. No, he comes, and he shows up, and he speaks up, 
and he serves up himself at his table. Uh, again, if you want to, there are some sheets to carry this, our encounter with Jesus, to carry it for this next week, reflection questions and, and, and an exercise to help us try to say, okay, God, help me to understand and to see you. Help me to, to see when you show up. Help me to see when you speak up and help me to see when you serve up. And, and, and so our prayer this week is this, Jesus, thank you for not giving up on us and help us to see you with us today. Let's pray together. Father, we have this awesome joy right now. Sometimes it feels like it really is just a snack, bread, cup. Let it today be your gift to us. Let us recognize that in this bread and in this cup we see the the scars, we feel the brokenness, but we also see the healing that Jesus Christ gave himself up for us and for our salvation. And, and so let this be a time. Let this be a time of, of, of our eyes being opened once again. Remind us that even though it's all wrong, it's okay. Because you are with us. And you bring us forgiveness. And you bring us healing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.